0: And welcome to another episode of Snescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo Library, four games at a time. We play them briefly, judge them harshly, and rank them, and that is pretty much all you need to know. Ooh, yeah!
1: Oh, man. (laughs) It sounds like a real Macho Man's in the building with us
0: today. Yeah, yeah, that's what they call me, Macho Man Steampunk Link. And uh, with me, as always, is, um... Zero.
1: Uh, I'm here and I am ready to attack aggressively and uh, talk about some games.
0: Yeah, let's talk about some games. You know, I was I was really excited for this episode last time. I'm still pretty excited. I, I still feel like we've got some good ones here, but there's also some disappointments too. But we'll we'll, we'll get there.
1: You know, there will be some ups and downs, as there often are on this show. Let's crack open the game vault. Let's crack open the game crypt and go down into it. See what we got. Okay,
0: well, um hang on, let me just move this uh weird disembodied hand out of the way and then Oh uh, yeah, okay. Okay.
1: Just put it in the box. Make sure it can't
0: yeah. Yeah. You know. Okay, there we go. There we go. Yeah. So, anyway, folks, uh enough beating around the bush. They're creepy. They're kooky, mysterious, and with theme song by MC Hammer, they are the Adams family. Right.
1: Oh, that Adams family theme song. That that oh wow yeah that,
0: that's definitely the theme song that people associate with the Adam. it sure family. is it sure is
1: <laughs> they had a movie and it was very successful and then there was a a rash of games based on this movie.
0: The Addams Family was kind of seeing a bit of a resurgence around this time. There had been a Fester's Quest on the NES. Yep. Uh, there's, this movie, I think, really kind of catapulted the Adams back into the cultural zeitgeist. It got a sequel. Yeah. It even got a cartoon, which itself got a video game adaptation. Yeah,
1: I remember that. That cartoon was... All right, from what I remember for being like an early 90s kids cartoon. I did not know that one got a game.
0: Yeah, uh, Pugsley's Scavenger Hunt, and we'll talk about that one someday.
1: All right, cool. One big
0: thing that separates this from the Home Alone game is that this game is good. At least, it's not garbage.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. This game honestly, is much better than I would have expected it to be. So this game was made by Ocean, which was a British publisher who did a lot of licensed games. My understanding is that a lot of Ocean's games, like prior to the 16-bit era, kind of stayed on that side of the pond. But more of their stuff started coming over here, and they started doing these much more sort of like uh, international releases for things like the Adams Family, and I believe they also did the Jurassic Park game that we'll eventually play on here. This game involves you as Gomez Adams uh, going around the vast Adams Family uh, estate and trying to rescue your family members uh, from,
0: I I guess, from the villains from the movie, right? Yeah, I think that's made more clear by the end of the game, although it's not really explicitly laid out in the beginning. From what I read, it sounds like, yeah, they've been ousted from the house somehow by the lawyer guy from the movie, and and Gomez has to find his missing family members within its Labyrinthian passageways, rescue them, and then take on the lawyer guy.
1: I would not call this a Metroid-style adventure game because that usually involves kind of uh, a degree of, like, gear-gating, like where you can't get through certain areas until you have certain pieces of equipment but this is a a a non-linear platform game where you can basically go to any area in the house in any order you want and uh, the game won't stop you from kind of exploring in in whatever direction you see fit which is interesting because i don't really think there's anything else much like this on the super nintendo at this
0: point as a platformer, I think this game is pretty good. Gomez feels pretty nice to control. He slides around a bit, but that feels like a pretty purposeful decision. Yeah, and you can get used to that.
1: Like, it's not a thing where you feel like he's out of your control.
0: But what I really like about controlling the character is that he's got really good jump physics. Honestly, like, the amount of air control you've got over Gomez when he's jumping is really only rivaled by Mario at this point on the system that, that I can think of off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I agree.
1: It's, it's very cool. It's a cool. really good jump. It's, it's- yeah, we've seen a lot of characters with pretty stiff jumps on the Super Nintendo in terms of platform games so far. And this time, yeah, he does control way more like Mario than practically anybody else we've, we've seen on since
0: Speaking of which, another thing I like about this game, there aren't a whole lot of insta-death things. Granted, Gomez starts out pretty weak. He can only take two hits without getting a health pickup. It's it's very easy to
1: die quickly, but it's never a thing where you're just, like, surprised by something and then suddenly you're dead.
0: I like that enemies that I can't jump on are pretty clearly denoted by having spikes on their back or something like that. It's
1: funny because the enemies in
0: this game work fine. Like, they're good as far as, like, being clear about
1: what what your capabilities of interacting with them are. And they're always very clearly defined from the background. But, like, they do definitely kind of hilariously look like something that was just, dropped in from like the big book of british platform game <laughs> visual design you yeah. know like they don't look really like something that should be in the adams family at all but they're fine there's a decent like variety to them over the different areas in the game i
0: agree with you there i i don't think that anything visually in this game is really amazing but i think everything is is very serviceable and it's got a style to it that i could kind of appreciate i think gomez looks good although i think his sprite looks a little bit more like the John Aston Gomez than the Raúl Julia Gomez. I am
1: pretty sure they didn't get Raúl Julia's license to put his image in the game because there's like if you go into the portrait gallery area, there's very good like digitized portraits of all of the Adams family members in there, um, and the Gomez one just not is clearly
0: not a picture of Raúl Julia. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's just different enough to kind of skirt by that, but it, but his sprite really looks like John. Aston. It really does.
1: So kind of the way this game is structured is that you can actually go out and explore the grounds and the house and the underground and all of that. And the areas do all connect to each other, but you can also just sort of jump to any area you want from the main hall of the mansion, which has doors to all of the different areas. And if you go to the old tree area and just go up into this tree that you can climb, that the game doesn't really tell you you can do that. There's a boss there. There's like a giant bird you can fight. It's kind of fun to just see that health bar for the boss pop up sort of out of nowhere. It does kind of give the game a neat sense of of surprise.
0: Yeah, I think the world design is really good. I like the bosses. I like the fact that when you beat a boss, you get one more heart added to your health meter, and that is permanent. So even if you lose all of your lives, you get to keep your health status the way it was. So I kind of like that the game is a little bit forgiving in that, and that it doesn't take away your progress. But this starts to sort of knock at the door of what some of my criticisms of this game are the game is really generous with one ups. And I feel like that's more of a necessary concession than like a fun Easter egg with all of these hidden areas that are just full of one ups. Like for the, for an example, at the very beginning of the game, you can access a secret area that just gives you a ton of one-ups, a ton of power-ups. Yeah. Did you find that one as well? I did, yeah, yeah. And it feels like that was kind of put there because maybe after some playtesting, people realized, ah, the level design is a little bit more frustrating than we actually intended it to be. Th- this is just speculation on my part, but this is what it felt like to me. I
1: wouldn't be that surprised, yeah. But
0: yeah, there, there are a lot of secret areas all throughout the mansion. There's even a secret area full of one-ups. In the little section where you get dropped if you lose all your lives, and the game asks you if you want to continue.
1: (laughs) Really? I didn't realize that. If you just
0: walk to the left off screen, there'll be one-ups in there. And you can just grab them all, then go back, and then go in the door that says continue, and you start that continue with four extra one up that's
1: really funny i had no idea no i like that continue screen because i always like it when a game puts a little bit of extra effort into making the continue screen something that's that's more than just like a button you press but i didn't realize it actually had like a secret in it that's that's funny but yeah i agree i think it feels like like they were a little nervous about how easily you could die in this and like how unforgiving some of the level design could end up being and they just sort of took steps to mitigate that. You know, the game has, like, actually reasonably generous, like, checkpoints for, for death. That helps as well, but it definitely does start to feel like the game is just punishing in certain places where, you know, maybe they just didn't didn't have everything tuned quite right to give the level design the same level of polish that, like, the controls for Gomez actually have.
0: Yeah, or, or even the same polish that, like, I think the overall world design has. Like, I think the overall world design is very, very good. Yeah. I just think that once you start zooming in a bit and you take a look at it at the level layer, it loses a bit of that luster. It's not quite as tight as it could have been.
1: The game always starts you back in, like, the room with all the doors in it in the mansion whenever you continue and I kind of started to to feel like well it's good that the game did this because this way if I go down one of these paths and just sort of bang my head against the wall a bunch and don't make any progress at least I can try one of the other like five areas
0: yeah it is very open-ended and that's awesome that is
1: awesome but also like I should in in an ideal scenario feel a little bit more enticed to continue on and try to get past the issues with a particular area I think it's good, but I I do also wish that I hadn't gotten quite as frustrated with some of the individual levels as I did
0: when we were doing sin escapades as a youtube series we were a lot harsher on this game then than I think we are now
1: playing the game in its original context seeing all the games that came out before it and sort of where the system's library was at at this point gives gives me at least a very different perspective on this game and like what it accomplishes
0: but at the same time I think a part of that is maybe the fact that because we did a little bit of research and like we knew about the secret area where you can get some power-ups, like the golf ball that you can throw at enemies is sort of extra offensive powers. And because we knew about the boss that you can access, you know, from the tree really, really quickly and get that extra health right out of the gate. I think it kind of goes to like maybe where the design falters a little bit, where if maybe there was a little bit more signposting just in the early game to help players get their feet under them, you know, maybe opening it up at that point is a better idea i agree
1: with that though i will say
0: i did find that boss just apropos of nothing it is possible
1: to just kind of like stumble into some of these things but i do agree that maybe starting the game out with like kind of an intro level that sort of introduces you to some of the different stuff or maybe at least even giving you like a map would be something part, licensed games on the system haven't been fantastic. So seeing one that you could talk about favorably in conversation with the other platform games on the system is pretty impressive, I think.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I definitely think this one is probably a lot closer to UN Squadron territory than Ultraman or Home Alone territory. But hey, why don't we take a look at the list and figure that out precisely right now? All right, yeah, let's do that. So We've got a list here. We've got 42 games on this list. So we've got Super Mario World at number one. We've got Pit Fighter at 42. And right in the middle, we've got John Madden Football at 21. Where do you think is a good starting point to, to begin the discussion of ranking the Addams Family? I would say we would go up from John Madden Football. This is in the good half of games that we've played, basically. I definitely think so. I... Here's where I'm kind of thinking. Yeah, um, Legend of the Mystical Ninja is also a game that I think pretty highly of, but I think it has a few flaws that yeah. prevent it from being a, a real, what I might call, hidden gem. I was I was going to go exactly to that point as well. All right, well, I'm glad we're on the same page.
1: I would probably put this below Legend of the Mystical Ninja. I think that, you know, Legend of the Mystical Ninja has that level of, like, Konami polish to its graphics and music that just isn't really there with this one. But I don't know that it goes a lot below
0: Legend of the Mystical Ninja. Uh, so, yeah, underneath that, we've got East Three Wanderers from East.
1: Yeah, and, you know, actually, there are some similarities between that and the Adams Family. Uh, you know, there's... Definitely some aspects to both games that are a little bit hard to parse at first, that once you figure them out, do kind of allow you to make significantly more
0: progress. In both cases, your character starts out a lot more fragile than they're going to be later on. But I think with East, its its mechanics lend itself to being able to find a way to start that game on your own better than the Addams Family does. That game being sort of in the context of
1: being an RPG
0: gives you a good sense pretty early
1: on that you can get stronger by, you know, fighting and by getting money so you can buy better equipment and stuff whereas with the Adams family you do kind of have to stumble into some of the stuff that makes you stronger and able to get further. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's true. So, below that we've got Gradius 3. Gradius I think is that's a hard game. That's a really hard game. How, how do you see these games in comparison to each other?
0: I think one of the biggest problems we had with that was that it really puts you in that death spiral of setting you back to zero when you die. The Adams Family makes it a lot easier to progress, which is something I just find a lot friendlier and makes me want to keep going back to a game a lot longer than something that doesn't do that. I agree, yeah. So just for that alone, I'm almost tempted to put... Adam's family above Gradius three. How do you feel about it?
1: Yeah, I would say this is this is a good place for it. Between East three and Gradius three, is is I All think right, a good so, place for the Adams family.
0: So uh, I think uh, the Adams family is going to be our new number thirteen. How apropos! Perfect. Yeah. Uh, what do you say we move on? Yeah, let's uh, let's check out our next game. Okay, everybody, well, uh, snap into a Slim gym because it's time to talk about WWF Super WrestleMania! Yay! Yeah!
1: Uh, do you smell what LJN is cooking? Uh, cause I do, and it
0: doesn't smell that good. Let me open this here with a, with a quick message for our younger listeners. If you've never heard of the WWF, or you think it stands for the World Wildlife Fund, there's a reason for that. Uh, Throughout the 80s and 90s, the entity now known as WWE was known as the WWF, or World Wrestling Federation. Uh, The World Wildlife Fund had actually been fighting them in court over that initialism for a while and scored a major victory against them in 2002, which prompted the name change from uh, the World Wrestling Federation to World Wrestling Entertainment, uh, and that's uh, what they are now. And also another fun fact, um, WWF was not even their first name. The company was founded as Titan Sports before uh, becoming the World Wrestling Federation. So, uh, so there you go. So, yeah, no, no pandas here. This is all just large, sweaty men. So, this one was published by Acclaim, uh, developed by Sculptured Software, which would get acquired by Acclaim to become Acclaim Studio Salt Lake in 1995, and uh, the studio would get dissolved in 2002 as Acclaim was sort of circling the drain but yeah so so folks it should it probably goes without saying that we're not wrestling fans
1: not really i know some stuff about wrestling because i think reading about wrestling is kind of fun even though i don't really enjoy watching it
0: i feel like my interest in professional wrestling is almost anthropological (laughs) i get just fascinated by the culture around it but yeah as far as like an actual entertainment thing to watch yeah it's, it's just not my thing so not
1: really um But we were both kids in the early 90s, which does mean that I think there was a certain level of built-in familiarity with this era of wrestling. I mean, Hulk Hogan was just in movies. Yeah,
0: he was in the the classic No Holds Bard, in which which he plays a wrestler. Or uh, or Rocky Three, in which he plays a wrestler. Suburban
1: Commando, where he plays an outer space bounty hunter who looks and acts exactly like a wrestler.
0: Great range on that guy there. Really, um, just a
1: wonderful human being too. If we're we're being honest, like I, uh, oh god, I can't even keep that up. He's bad. Hulk Hogan's bad. Guys, I don't know if you knew that, but he's not great. Uh,
0: almost had to put a spin jump in there, but uh, uh, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Other wrestlers in this game are uh, the. Tag Teams, Natural Disasters, and The Legion of Doom. Got Macho Man Randy Savage, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Ted DiBiase, and uh, The Undertaker. I
1: can't even say... I know enough about them to know, like, what their particular styles were as wrestlers. But I will say that in this game, they all feel exactly the same to play as each other. Like, I can't tell any difference at all between how one of these guys plays from another.
0: Yeah, it's kind of the early Mortal Kombat problem where you've got all these different characters, but they all do exactly the same thing. They all behave in exactly the same way. My other problem with this game is that, like, it just, it doesn't, Function like a traditional fighting game, so I couldn't quite figure it out.
1: Wrestling games have always kind of played by different rules in terms of that. There are different things going on in most wrestling games that are kind of codified in the same way that quarter circle turns and uppercuts and stuff are in fighting games. So that's its own thing. Um, I will say that I've never been super comfortable with that either. And I don't really, I can't really even say how close this is to what, you know, kind of later wrestling games would be uh, about. One of the main features of this game is uh, holds. So, you know, basically you can get into kind of a grapple with the other with the other person you're fighting and do essentially kind of a tug of war thing. That's sort of a major way of, you know, taking down their health. It works. The stuff in this game works, but it's not very interesting or very fun and there's basically nothing to do aside from just these very basic fights. Like there's no kind of structured arcade mode, there's no story mode or anything like that. There's one-on-one fights, tag team fights, and uh, what's called the Survivor Series, which is like a four-on-four match. And those are all pretty similar feeling. This game has very little going on.
0: I tried figuring out how it worked. I looked at a fact to kind of see the controls. It looks like it's just every face button is mapped to a different action. Like punch or kick or grapple, but also every single button is contextual, so if your opponent is like being bounced off the ropes, it's going to do something different. If they're on the ground, it's going to do something different. And let me be frank, I just don't have time to try and memorize all that. I don't have time to try and memorize four different button configurations for... Four different buttons, depending on what's happening at the time. I I just... I can't be bothered. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't.
1: Yeah, I just didn't have any fun playing this. This feels in some ways more like playing one of the sports games we've played than it does, like, a, a fighting game or a brawler. And... In the same way that I feel like some of those games, John Madden Football, for example, have like really idiosyncratic controls that probably make more sense if you are a fan of the sport. I, I had a lot of trouble too getting my head around this, and I, I never really made a lot of progress in what le- kind of learning this game either. I don't think this has much to offer, even if you are a fan of wrestling, but it has basically nothing to offer if you're not.
0: So do we want to talk about ranking this one? Yeah, let's go ahead and do
1: it. Um, So obviously we're looking at the low end of the list here. I don't think we're looking at the absolute bottom of the list because this is functional, it's just not fun. I would say maybe this goes in sort of the same range as, like,
0: Super Bases Loaded, and Smart Ball. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, I think in a similar way that Super Bases Loaded felt like a pretty limited baseball game. I... Have an inkling that this is a pretty limited wrestling game. Even if we were more well versed in the controls of those sorts yeah. of games, it's it's not even as intuitive as a baseball game. No, but I feel no. like it it has to go lower than that. Yeah,
1: I think so. Smart Ball had legitimate issues with the way it presented information and with how kind of that game worked on a basic level. But it did also have like kind of more content and more ideas than this does. So I'm not sure if that is enough to to make that a better game than this, but I will say that I personally had probably more fun playing smart ball than i had with with this game, this wrestling game
0: i'm kind of looking between the chess master and super ghouls and ghosts for this one chess master is no frills but at least it's it's intuitive enough to figure out and this game isn't i think it might go below super ghouls and ghosts just because
1: at least super ghouls and ghosts even if it is incredibly unfriendly to play at least it has the potential for you to find something better in that if you if you can kind of push forward with it i think maybe bill lambier's combat basketball is the is the the floor for this i think that's probably my stopping point for it
0: Bill Beer's Combat Basketball might actually be slightly more fun than the wrestling game, but its production values are so bare bones that it can't even match this one with as this, this little that's going on here. So, yeah, I think I'm with you.
1: Uh, one thing you, you can argue, though, is that at least Bill Beer's Combat Basketball had music. It had a tune that played in the background while you were doing the bad basketball.
0: Bill Beer's Combat Basketball has one bad 16 bit photo of an athlete whereas this one has 10 so
1: the presentation of this game it, it cannot be understated is is incredibly bare bones somebody put in the the minimum amount of effort to make something that worked and that had the the images of these wrestlers. First
0: time I booted this up, I thought the game only had four characters because you have to scroll the select screen over and it doesn't make that obvious. I, it wasn't until I read a fact that I was like, oh, there's ten wrestlers in this game. Where where are they? Do I have to unlock them? And no, I just had to push left or right a couple times.
1: Let's let's put this one in the books then. I, I think this pretty much deserves to, to go between Super Ghouls and Ghosts and Bill Lambier's Combat Basketball.
0: Alright, so our new number 38 is going to be WWF Super WrestleMania. It's not, not quite as super as it wants to be. Maybe there will be better wrestling games on the Super Nintendo, but they're going to have a long way to go if they actually want to reach across the aisle to complete newbies like us. I mean. Yep, that's true. All right. Well, with that one in the books, that also means that March of, what year are we in? 1992 <laughs> is also in the books. We're, we're already moving on to a new month. We're already like a third of the way through the year. It's nuts. Amazing. So uh, we're going to be going into April now, and because of that, we're going to kick things over to Newsy. April, 1992! Beethoven, starring Charles Grodin, Bonnie Hunt, and a St. Bernard opens and makes over $57 million. Criss Cross begins their eight-week reign at number one with their single, Jump. So, look forward to hearing about them again next month. And the officers who assaulted Rodney King are acquitted by an L.A. jury, prompting the L.A. riots. Back to you, Emmy Zero and Steampunk Link! all right so uh beethoven i totally saw that in theaters actually i'm pretty sure i did too uh that's <laughs> a movie with the saint bernard he's
1: big there's some kind of subplot with a, like an evil animal lab trying to like experiment on dogs i think
0: the the driver of herbie the race car volkswagen from those old disney movies uh he became an evil veterinarian and And wants to kidnap dogs to test weird stuff on them? Quick fact about this movie. uh, The dog's name was Kris Kringle because he was born on Christmas. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Also, uh, um, that dog eats enough in that movie that like it should have had a heart attack before the end of filming. Yeah,
1: that's true, isn't it? That's that is something I remember from that movie. Uh, lot of lot of dog eating in that one. Not, not, <laughs> uh, not, not dog eating. Dog. Yeah, yeah. I said that. I said <laughs> that in the worst way. Uh, I didn't mean what I said.
0: And uh, yeah, I guess also that month the uh, the the Rodney King verdict the the police officers who were filmed beating up Uh that guy were acquitted. Uh Of of course, that would never be a problem again. Every officer who's ever been filmed assaulting somebody (laughs) has gone to jail, right? That's totally happened, yeah? Right, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thousand Yard Stare. You can't see it, because this is audio, Mm. but Thousand Yard Stare.
0: Right, yeah,
1: yeah. Anyway, um, let's go on to our next game. Yeah, let's talk about video games. Let's talk about some fun video games now.
0: Contra Three, the Alien (laughs) Wars. Yeah, so uh, so Contra, what, what's your history with Contra?
1: You know, uh, it it's not that extensive. I played some of original Contra, you know, the, the, the NES version of Contra with my cousin. Didn't get that far in it, ever, but, you know, enjoyed it. Uh, it's a fast, run-and-gun, side-scrolling action game. Did play Contra 3 The Alien Wars uh, some, and uh, really enjoyed the graphics, enjoyed the cool set pieces, but... It's a hard game, and I was not that great at this kind of game, so I didn't really get that far in this one either. Uh, it's it's a series that I like um, in the abstract, but that I've never really sat down and like spent a lot of time playing.
0: I never put in a whole lot of time with Contra just because those games were so darned hard. I just never had the patience, really, to try to get good at them. I kind of wasn't expecting much from this one. I, I don't think I've ever played this one specifically, but I will say, like... I was really impressed. The production values here are really good. They just This game is bonkers. Like it, it is absolutely 80s action movie cheese bonkers. And it, it really revels in it in a way that I respect a lot. Absolutely.
1: The director of the game was new to the series. He was kind of new to video games, really. But he is a really big fan of NES or Famicom Contra. And uh, he, he kind of felt like Contra always had this sort of, like, low-budget action movie vibe to it that he really wanted to kind of zero in on. He wanted to kind of make it a more fantastical game, because the original game, you know, it had some ridiculous stuff in it, but it was a lot of you fighting, like, other human soldiers and things like that. Whereas this one goes, like, full cheesy sci-fi craziness. The other thing he kind of wanted was for something cool to happen every three seconds while you're playing the game. And I think that pretty much does happen here. There will be sort of radical transformations to the levels halfway through. There's mini bosses. Really short but fine, like, weird vehicle sequences just in the first level.
0: Yeah, so for anyone who isn't familiar with Contra, this is basically your standard two-dimensional side-scrolling shooter, run-and-gun kind of game. You play as one of two badass military guys who are shooting their shooty guns and collecting better guns to shoot in new ways. Power-ups and collecting new weapons and kind of deciding when you want to take a weapon and when you want to stick with the one you've got have always been key to Contra. This game mixes up that formula a little bit by giving you two weapons. So you can actually toggle between the two of them. You start out with two standard machine guns. So when you collect a weapon, you can toggle back over to your regular machine gun and then get a secondary weapon for that hand as well. Another classic thing about Contra is that one hit from anything kills you, but you get to respawn right where you left off. But it also takes away any power-ups that you had. However, you will start with your standard machine gun on whatever arm you currently had equipped when you died, but your other weapon will stay what it was. So You actually get a little bit of weapon permanence in this game to some extent. So that's kind of a neat thing. It's one of those little mercy mechanics that makes the game a little bit easier to get into than maybe some of the previous entries had been. You also just get giant bombs to explode everything on the screen, which is kind of cool. There's barriers that you can collect that help you out. Uh, the vehicles, like you said, are a nice break from the action because it lets you soak up a little bit more damage while you're just kind of plowing through enemies with reckless abandon. Things are constantly exploding. The ground in the first level will starts on fire at some point and you have to kind of platform your way around. It's, it's, it's a literal, the floor is lava situation. Yep,
1: Yeah. I I think the controls are very tight in this game. Like it's very easy to kind of dodge individual bullets. It it is possible to get just sort of overwhelmed by stuff, but it is also, if you're paying attention, there's not a lot of cheap stuff in this game. That is an important part of having all this spectacle, because if there's a lot of like just crazy you know, wild stuff happening but it's getting in the way of you actually being able to play the game. That's not good. This, I think, pretty much always stays on the right side of that.
0: Well, the Contra games have always had pretty tight controls because, I mean, you know, they've kind of had to. This one gives you a lot more maneuverability. Your guys can climb up walls, they can hang on to, you know, pieces of scaffolding and things like that, which is necessary for some of the platforming challenges. There's a lot more platforming athleticism involved in this game than just running and shooting things, so it's a bit of a departure there. There's, There's more going on, there's a bit more to do. Like you said, there's just always stuff going on, and it's a lot of fun, even when it gets kind of frustrating. It does have that quality of like, okay, let's let's give this one more go. And uh yeah, I really enjoyed this. I even enjoyed the weird top-down mode seven levels, which I think a lot of people don't like about this game, but I thought they were kind of fun.
1: I did too. I, I get that it's they're a big departure from the way the game normally plays, and the controls in those feel very different, but I think they are fun, and I actually appreciate having something to break up the action a little bit. You know, I always appreciate when there's something that you you know, clearly was designed specifically because this is what the system could do.
0: Yeah, it's not maybe the most well-realized use of Mode 7 to date, but I still did enjoy those levels. Well, the one that I played anyway. Yeah. Again, I'm not usually one to be a big fan of the sort of punishingly difficult sort of game design, but this one does enough right and is forgiving enough to invite newbies like me in that I found myself really enjoying my time with it.
1: I agree. Uh, I I had a lot of fun with this one. So, uh, what do you say we put it on the list? Yeah, let's put it
0: on the list. So, what do you think is a good point of comparison for this
1: one? One of the better, like, uh, scrolling shooters would probably be a decent point to start with this at, because I feel like they're kind of operating on a similar wavelength in some ways.
0: Yeah, maybe something like Darius Twin, since like that game, this one also offers two-player co-op.
1: I... Don't know about you, but I actually would say I think maybe I like this game more than Darius Twin just because of that level of sort of spectacular action in this that really feels like it's going sort of above and beyond what you might even normally expect from a game like this.
0: Yeah, I think I like this more than Darius Twin as well, so I would definitely put it above that. So that that was number seven, Darius Twin. At number six, we have Lemmings. These games are very different. (laughs) My first inclination is that I'm not sure I would stick with this game quite as long as Lemmings. But, on the other hand, both of these games can get very difficult. Lemmings, I think, has a lot more content, ultimately, but it doesn't have a two-player co-op. It's got a two-player competition mode, I guess. So
1: The other argument that I would maybe make for putting Contra 3 above Lemmings, I think, is Lemmings also did come out on pretty much everything, whereas Contra 3 feels very much like it was like built for the Super Nintendo. The
0: presentation of Lemmings definitely makes it feel like it was a game that was originally released least on older PCs, whereas Contra is like, this is new, this is the thing now, here in 1992, where we are right now. Um.
1: (laughs) As fun as Lemmings is, I definitely did feel like there was a little bit of dissonance between what the game wanted me to do and how easy it was to do it with the controller. I would put this game higher on on the list than Lemmings.
0: I think I can get behind that reasoning. So that's number six. And number five, we have UN Squadron, which is uh, another game with very good production values. Not quite as bonkers as Contra 3 is, but I don't think it needs to be. No no co-op though, but it, really solid gameplay.
1: And I do think that probably UN Squadron, I love the amount of different options it gives you, both in like the different pilots you can use, the the upgrades you have. You know, I I don't know that I think contra 3 quite matches matches it in the, in that respect but
0: so it sounds like you think contra 3 comes up just short of u.n squadron that's what i would
1: say but if you have an argument that contra 3's above u.n squadron i'm i'm definitely here for it
0: no that was my first inclination too and i i think i'm gonna stick with it all
1: right yeah
0: yeah i think uh i think that contra 3 is gonna be our new number six all right
1: all right congratulations contra 3 breaking into the top 10 Unfortunately, that does mean the Addams Family is no longer number 13, um, but that was never going to last yeah. forever anyway, yeah, so, you know. you know.
0: What are you going to do? All right. So, I guess, is it time for our final game for this episode? It sure is. Super Adventure Island. Super Adventure Island. So, that's game by Hudson. Interesting origin story behind this game. The first installment of Adventure Island, which came out on the Famicom and the NES, started life as a port of an arcade game, which was called Wonder Boy. And that game was developed by a company called Escape. Hudson licensed the game for the NES port, but with the Wonder Boy named being owned by Sega in Some complicated deal that neither of us quite understand, Uh, they were forced to change the name. From there, Adventure Island and Wonder Boy kind of took two different evolutionary paths. They kind of branched off from that one game. In the original, you've got a protagonist named Master Higgins, who in the Japanese version shares his name with Hudson executive Toshiyuki Takahashi and he has to fight monsters who've invaded his island because he needs to keep his people safe and all that. Higgins picks up tomahawks and skateboards to help him mow down baddies. It's a very simple side-scrolling game. So the original Adventure Island, though, is basically just Wonder Boy with a different name. Adventure Islands 2 and 3 on the NES introduced a lot of new mechanics, uh, like most notably for me, dinosaur friends that you could ride and they all had different powers and it was really, really neat. So Adventure Island 2 came out on the NES in February of 1991, a year before this Game, a little more than a year before this game. Super Adventure Island on the Super Nintendo is a little bit like Castlevania on the Super Nintendo in the sense that it sort of represents a going back to its roots. Whereas with Castlevania, that was fine because Castlevania was still a good game. Adventure Island 2 was a good game that kind of made its predecessor obsolete in a way. Once I played Adventure Island 2, I didn't have a reason to go back to Adventure Island 1. It didn't do enough. I kind of feel the same way about this game. It doesn't do enough, and I'm kind of just wishing that I'm playing games on older hardware because they're more fun.
1: Yeah, and that's interesting because we are coming at this from very different perspectives because I have never played another Adventure Island game. Um, I did play Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap, the remake of a much later Wonder Boy game. But that's so different that it provides absolutely no context for this game at all. Super Adventure Island is my first experience with actually playing this series I can definitely see what you're saying because this is a very simple game this is basically a game that to me when you're kind of in the flow of it feels almost more like it's like a rhythm game than a traditional platformer because you're kind of dodging things you're you're doing these very stiff jumps onto different different platforms and over pits you're collecting fruit to keep your food meter so once that goes all the way down I guess you would die but I never came anywhere close to that and the levels themselves are pretty short and extremely straightforward. Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot going on here, and the stuff you're talking about here, with regards to other things that like Adventure Island Two did, um, do sound like they would really add some some flavor to this that just kind of isn't there in this version of the game. That being said, because I wasn't personally missing that stuff to the same extent you were, you know, I didn't have as much of a problem with it. I thought this was. Fairly fun, even though it is extremely simple and straightforward.
0: I don't like how defenseless Master Higgins is. He should at least have something that he can do to defend himself before finding a tomahawk or a boomerang. You can power up your tomahawks and boomerangs, but like the, the power-up mechanic is very strange in this game. Like You have to collect either four consecutive tomahawks or four consecutive boomerangs to fully power up the weapon. So like if you've collected three tomahawks, you'll have like, you can throw rapid fire tomahawks at that point. But if you pick up a boomerang, then you go back to your basic level one boomerang and you have to pick up more consecutive boomerangs before you can throw them a rapid fire. But once you get to level four, when your weapon becomes like a fire weapon, then you'll just swap between fire tomahawks and fire boomerangs when you pick up one or the other it's very strange yeah and
1: it's not conveyed like visually the boomerang and the tomahawk the different levels of those look exactly the same like there's no like indicator on the screen of like what level you're at with them until you get to the fireball level i think the game kind of gets away with it just because of how simple everything in the game is it's not like you're having to keep track of a ton of different things but it's also not
0: Well, and I did feel like I was kind of finding myself in a death spiral, kind of like with some of these shooting games where I would be checkpointed at a level where the best I could do was get a level one tomahawk and just not be prepared at all for the enemies in that area or the angles that they're attacking me from. That's the other thing I didn't like about this game is that the angles in which Master Higgins can attack aren't useful for a lot of the enemies in the game, especially with the tomahawks, where it's just a very small arc. They don't have a lot of range on them.
1: That's really true and, like, especially when you're, like, on a slope or something, it's basically impossible to hit enemies that are, like, coming down the slope at you until they're, like, right on top of you. This game does have bosses, and at the end of the third stage, there's a boss, but if you die fighting the boss, you then have to replay all of the third stage again. And that really killed my enthusiasm for the game because there's no real like improvisation you can do. There's pretty much a right way to play every level in this game. So just having to go through the same motions again and again to get back to the boss was very draining at a certain point in a way that that just kind of sapped my enthusiasm for it.
0: I also found myself getting stuck in that area and just not really having the will to want to keep playing that game. Because again, I was just disappointed that it wasn't more like Adventure Island 2, that I didn't have my little dinosaur friends. The jumping felt really inconsistent to me, and I've looked up the manual for this game to try and figure out, you know, if there was maybe something I was doing wrong that you have to hold either like up or down on the D-pad while you're jumping to do your super jump. Yes, that's true. So that felt kind of weird to me. But once I realized how to do it, at least I could do it consistently at that point, And that was fine. But you know, I had to check the instruction manual for that just to add an extra screw you to the proceedings. The instruction manual right underneath the table of contents, there is a drawing of Master Higgins riding the blue dinosaur from Adventure Island 2. And I was very mad about that. Hey, remember this guy? Huh? Bet you wish you were playing that game, huh?
1: Yeah, you got the, uh, they really should have just shown him on the skateboard in this. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Because that's what you got here, really.
0: And the skateboard in these games have always been something that, like, a lot of players who know these games just straight up a void. Yeah, <laughs> right. it doesn't really do much for you. This game does have uh, secrets that you can unearth by hitting a certain area in the level with your weapon. Apparently there's one of those in every level, but I, I was never able to find any of them.
1: I found one one time. Uh, there's like a bonus level where you kind of end up in the sky and you're on launching pad like springboards so, that's there. This game feels extremely arcadey, but in a way that doesn't actually include any of like the good parts of some of the, like, more arcade-style platform games we've played, like Joe and Mac or even Contra 3 that we just talked about. There's not much in the way of variety or interesting, like, level designs or art in this. It's very much just here's the thing, do the thing, do it well over and over again to see more of the game.
0: It completely leaves out all of the stuff that adventure island added later that makes those games a lot more fun than they were originally why wasn't this just adventure island 3 i know there is a super adventure island 2 i don't know if that game kind of writes these wrongs but yeah i'm just super disappointed with it because i really liked adventure island 2 as a kid
1: that's yeah and i mean that sucks that's that's really too bad i mean th- i think this is a pretty thin game and i i didn't have a ton of fun with it so you know given that you apparently did have quite a bit of fun with Adventure Island 2 I can only imagine that that would have been that would have been a better path for this to go down than than what they did well I guess let's go ahead and put it on the list then yeah
0: where do you think of starting for this one? I think
1: maybe the the closest comparison I can get to would actually be something like Paperboy 2, but I do think I liked Paperboy 2 more than this. I think I had more fun with that and I think it had more in the way of kind of like personality than this
0: does. I could put this below Paperboy 2 at number 29. Do you think it goes right below Paperboy 2 or do you think it goes lower? Oh, I think it goes lower because we got Super Tennis at number 30 and Super Tennis is a pretty lackluster tennis game. It's a capable tennis All right, game. So
1: the next one down, we have Super Baseball Simulator 1000, which is the best baseball
0: game that we've played so far. Like, is that really the, the topmost ranked baseball game right now? It is actually the topmost ranked baseball game right Whew, now. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> is, is Super Adventure Island better than the best up to this point baseball game on the Super Nintendo? Um, Super
1: Baseball Simulator 1000 is at least adding some stuff to its genre that this isn't. So... Probably, I'd, I'd put this below Super Baseball Simulator 1000, I guess.
0: I think I would probably put this above at least Super Base is Loaded. So I, I I think this is going to go into like our, our baseball territory here somewhere. Maybe a better comparison would be Force, because uh, that's the one not baseball game in this chunk here at number 33.
1: And actually, I think that's kind of a great comparison, because Force also has things that are just exhausting about it the same way that this does. You know, I would still say I think that I enjoyed playing Super Adventure Island more than D-Force, honestly. D-Force, it's okay, but it's also got some real jank to it. I think that that is a place where the simplicity of Super Adventure Island maybe works in its favor. At least this game kind of gets out of its own way and lets you play it as just what it is, even if what it is 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 pretty basic
0: you could say like oh hey this game you know super adventure island doesn't suffer from any slowdown but you could also say like yeah but who cares master higgins himself moves so slowly he
1: does yeah it's true one of my big problems with D-Force was the actual size of your ship in that, getting in the way of that one also had the issue where projectiles from you and the enemy looked exactly the same, so it was really hard to tell what was what was coming at you and what wasn't.
0: I think I'm fine with it going above D-Force. So then I guess the one question mark is extra innings at number 32. That's going to kind of decide where this goes. Does it go above or below extra innings? I would
1: honestly still say I like extra innings more than this, at least I like the sprite art and extra innings a lot. With Super Adventure Island, it's it's a pretty bland-looking game in a lot of ways. Yeah,
0: with the exception of the Mode 7 Master Higgins kind of falling to earth at the very beginning of the game, there's actually not a lot of presentation or production for a character that's, you know, at this point, almost de facto mascot for Hudson. Yeah, we don't really get a sense of his personality or anything like that. No, you
1: don't. He's just kind of a guy in a little grass skirt, and he's jump in and throw in some throw in some boomerangs that's literally it so it sounds
0: like this is going to be our new number 33 then right above d-force that is where i'm seeing it yeah okay i think i'm cool with that all right well we did it we did we now have 46 games on the list um that means next time
1: we're gonna have 50 by the end of the episode we're gonna have 50 games on this list this is
0: very interesting Oh, what do we got Yes. Yeah, so, okay, so we've got uh we got Ride Trad. Okay. Neither of those are words. Um Rival Turf, little game that I think some people might know about. Uh The Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. Yeah, I think I've heard of that. The thing that everybody's really going to be coming to the episode for, True Golf Classics, Pebble Beach Golf Links. Oh so. yeah,
1: True Golf Classics coming back with another hot one. Uh, I'm yep. excited. We got
0: a link to the past and a, a Pebble Beach golf link. So two links in one episode, you guys. That's right. I wonder if
1: Link is in the the True Golf Classics one. I think that would be good synergy. Can you imagine how mad people would be if they actually made a like a, a Legend of Zelda <laughs> golf game? Like, I think that that would would genuinely make people angry, even though I'm not – I can't entirely put my finger on why it would make people angry. I just feel like that's something that would, like, really bother a certain subset of people.
0: Unironically, I am kind of looking forward to seeing this new Golf Classics game because I I did actually enjoy our time with uh, Wildlife Country Club. So I'm interested to see, like, where they go from there. And, uh, you know, Legend of Zelda, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's just going to be great. Yeah. All right, folks, look forward to that. Until next time, I'm Steampunk Link. I'm Emmy Zero. Play it loud. Our intro outro song is How Now Brown Cow by Technoax who very generously offers a ton of great music for free and royalty free at TechnoAxe.com. For more of our content check out HonestPiranha.com. Thanks for listening Super Adventure Island Super Disappointment Island is more like oh, it Oh
1: burn
0: Oh, that sounds like a really bad reality TV show. <laughs> I shouldn't even say anything. That'll be real next season. It will,
1: yeah. Yeah, somebody will hear that and be like, oh, that's a license to
0: print money. <laughs> it's just like everybody shows up at this island like, hey, remember that dog you had as a kid? It didn't actually like you. Uh Aw. <laughs>